0: Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs for uh, an audience of ambitious entrepreneurs who are really building things. And if you want to meet someone who's building something uh, after listening to this interview or while listening to these interviews, you're about to meet them. Because about a year ago, boy, 2021, April 19th, I got an email from... Today's guest, Jay Richards, and the subject was Mixergy Podcast helped us bring on clients like eBay, NFL, and PepsiCo in our first year. And since then, he and I have just been talking and talking, and I've watched his business grow through through the months. And I uh, finally arranged to have him on here to do an interview because I'm fascinated by what he's building. Jay Richards is the founder of Imagine Insights. They provide insights from Gen Z within 72 hours we're going to find out how he built it how big the business got thanks to two sponsors the first if you're paying people contractors employees whatever go to gusto.com slash mixergy and the second when you're ready to hire developers inexpensively who are phenomenal go to lemon.io slash mixergy first jay good to have you here man
1: thank you for having me my friend i've been a big fan of the podcast
0: for a long time so yeah glad to be here i'm excited to have you on after so long hey uh Give me an example of how Imagine Insights is being used. You told me that Amazon Prime was a customer of yours. What are they doing with you?
1: Yeah, so in a nutshell, what we do is we enable brands like Amazon Prime Video to crowdsource qualitative or quantitative insight from our community of Gen Z, 18,000 Gen Z in 111 countries, and we do it all within 72 hours. So um, for Prime Video, we enable them to gain insight from our community once a month, every month across Europe, so across six major markets in Europe. Um, and we, our community will review their social media content, so they'll review their Instagram and their TikTok content, and then they will provide qualitative responses on uh, the content that they love, why they love it, how it can be improved, the content they don't like, why they don't like it, how it can be improved, and then also forecasting the type of influences, Prime videos should be working for next month and, and all that kind of good stuff. So it's basically the good insights that you need straight away.
0: Kind of like, you know what, I remember Mark Burnett, the creator of Apprentice uh, and a bunch of other um, reality TV shows. He said before he pitches a TV show to a network or even starts creating it, he'll take the kinds of people he wants to watch it at a dinner party and sit down with them and say, here's what I'm thinking and just watch their faces, see their responses. You obviously can't do that across Gen Z in multiple countries. They use Imagine for that.
1: Yeah, exactly right. So we just enabled them to do, because old school focus groups during the pandemic were absolutely decimated. So we came in at the perfect time. So we enabled them to do focus groups at scale to 50, 100 people, just super, super quick.
0: And it's just to see, is this lame? Is this hitting the mark? Does this make sense? Who else are you following? Who should we be talking to in the future? Who should we re- be referring to? That type of thing.
1: Yeah, it's just to stay to stay ahead. And the thing is, it, it can work in anything from like a new campaign. So say, for example, like, we want to launch a movie uh in so we work with Red Bull, PepsiCo, Elizabeth, and I said, okay, so we're trying to launch a new movie in Germany and we want to use this influencer. And they'll go to our community like, what should we do? What should we create? How should we do this? So it's really just we're, we're like outsourcing, we like an like, outsource Gen Z consultancy for these people using technology. Ooh. So it's great.
0: You know what? Imagine if I used it here for Mixergy to get a sense of who does Gen Z admire as yeah. entrepreneurs. Why do they admire them? What are they excited about? As a from a successful entrepreneur, do they care about the money? Do they care about the lifestyle? Do they care about whatever, right? And then you get all that insight. So why would I do it there instead of say, go to Reddit or go and build my own little community of people who are maybe following me already and and say, if you're under what, 30 years old, just hit reply. I've got some questions to ask you.
1: Yeah. So the first thing is is because the people that will follow you or follow most influencers will be a similar demographic. So uh, an influencer or a brand will try and do this, but you're engaging with your fans and your fans are only going to tell you great things. The great thing about us and one of our, um, on our strap line is brutally honest Gen Z insight. So you're coming to us not to get stuff that will be like, Hey, you're great. We love you. You're doing, you're great, doing great work. It's actually, you know what, this is shit and you need to improve these different things. Um, and and so brands come to us because they're really trying to go, okay, tell us things that we don't know. And one of my things that I always say when I do any kind of speaking engagement is we're helping brands to find out the shit about Gen Z that you can't Google. Because most of the stuff around you, you can't be yeah. So we're helping them to get those, those nitty-gritty things that really actually going to add value to your business straight away.
0: Right. And you know what? And my people would obviously be listening to me because they like my current yeah. stuff. The things that I'm doing, they wouldn't tell me about what's out there. Give me revenue. I know you told our producer, Ari. You don't want to give full revenue and I'm fine. You've given me revenue indications in private. Do you feel comfortable saying whether you're over a million or under yet? Yeah,
1: so we're over a million, which is great, thank God. Um, and yeah, we're going to be probably 10Xing over the next few years, which is phenomenal. Um, so okay. yeah, it's been good, it's been good. And a complete transparency, when we first started, I think we did like a, a 100K year one. So it was like, it's just been like exponential growth for us.
0: <laughs> it was bootstrapped in the beginning, Google Sheets, that kind of thing. <laughs> today it's much more uh it's much more developed than that but your community it's one-on-one via email that you send them you send them a form no 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 no. where is is the community this is
1: all done by our platform so we built our own technology it's all housed on there and all of our community and there we have like a a community chat side of things where they're just constantly talking i was just in there a minute ago speaking to some of our french community and so they're constantly talking about random things a minute ago they were talking about dark chocolate and milk chocolate so it's just like constant conversation and then we have another side of things where we upload the brief. They will get notifications through to their phone. They'll get emails. They will get a message in the community chat, and then they engage with the brief directly through the platform. So for brands, it's a great way for them to to, to see everything all at once. See all the call responses or contact responses, and get what they want.
0: Oh, so they get to even see the people talk about yeah. the questions they've been asked and all the whole thing. It's yeah. like listening in. Got it. And then the community members, if they're giving, say, Amazon feedback or let's say a typical company, what are they getting paid for? Yeah,
1: so they it varies. So basically the way it works is uh, you join the community, you get paid a flat fee. And then once you've provided 10 insights, the amount you get paid jumps up, they happen to get 20, 30, 40. So we just gamified the process. And so we've got some people that are earning like three or four times as much as people that are just joining. Uh, but it's kind of like crack for them. They love it because it's just like, yo, once I get into this, it's a great way to have a side hustle without the risk. Because I just get to get get to get paid, I buy to brands. How
0: much could somebody make from that?
1: Um, so one of our community members made five hundred pound and like uh, some like dollars. I think it was like seven hundred fifty dollars. I didn't know the conversion. Um, so she made five hundred pound in, month. in three, months, um, three months, which is really really cool considering she has like a part time job and she's studying whatever. So it's just extra money for her. Um, but yeah, it's just enabling more people to engage with these brands, which is like. yeah it's just great and also they get paid for every referral they make so they make a referral to community when a person completes a brief you get paid for that.
0: oh i like the whole community model i think a lot of the other companies that i've interviewed will do a per survey model or they'll spend money getting uh their survey or they'll either rent the survey um fillers i forget what they're called
1: yeah
0: or they'll build their own and then uh and then pay them either way yes okay so historically it's kind of like there's like this, this separation between like, so most market
1: research companies will have what they call a panel and it's super like, there's no engagement, it's kind of just like, Hey, we'll pay you 15 pence to fill something in and with us, right. we went down the community angle and it's just, yeah, that makes it so much better.
0: Right, right it's it's panelists that you either pay someone else for or you build your own and then you still have to pay the panelists no matter what. oh this this approach makes a lot of sense. Imagine this working in other industries Any like maybe somebody could create this for marketers. actually, I invested in a company that Pep Laya is putting together that does panel discussions, uh, panel feedback for marketers. By like CMOs or something, yeah, it's a pretty impressive uh, operation. But imagine if he had a community model the way that you did. I like your your approach here. Um, do you have any plans on expanding beyond Gen Z? Am I am I telling him to go steal your business when you want to go take that business?
1: Um, yeah, no. So the plan is to do all the verticals, all the demographic verticals. So the next ones we're going after is Boomers. Uh, If somebody wants to try and compete with me to do this, let's go because I love competition. So that'd be great. Um, So boomers is next um, because they have a a massive amount of money and nobody's really engaging with them. Uh, Then Gen X, then Millennials, and then Generation Alpha, uh,
0: which is the next ones coming up for Gen Z. I didn't know that's what they were called. This whole thing started because of a talk you gave at Facebook. Why did Facebook invite you over to talk to them?
1: Yeah, so short story, I was, I'm was, i a salesman by trade, as people probably guess because I love to talk. And so I was a salesman by trade, and I started a startup incubator, super small, just taking my, my own personal money, 500 pounds here, 1,000 pounds there, and just investing it into young people's businesses. I amassed a network of like loads of young people who are just like, yo, Jade's the guy too. If you want to get money, you're going to say something.
0: Wait, wait, So you just give them five hundred dollars you get paperwork with them or is it no, just no, 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 no. 500 so, in handshake so it
1: was just it was like yo i think you're sick i think this idea is great His 500 pounds like let's get off the ground and it's
0: because you're an insurance salesman with a little bit of extra money yeah, on the yeah, side yeah yes got it 500 pounds any of these things pay off did uh, you make your money back <laughs> no, not no. Really. um not really but the thing is a short story when i was 16
1: i was in secondary school i was kind of good at being bad while in secondary school and my uh My secondary school business teacher helped me to start my first business and like really just gave me a little bit of cash to get off the ground. I started a t-shirt business and that's what got me into into the business cycle. So I kind of just wanted to like pay pay it forward. Um, Amassed a whole network of young people that were under 25, they're like, Jay's the guy to go to if you want to get money to start something. Um, Then Facebook heard about this. It wasn't actually Facebook, it was a company uh, that they were working with. And they were like, hey, come and speak at this event on Facebook about like um, black entrepreneurs. I was like, cool, let's do it, went there did my whole spiel about like how important it was investing in the young generation. I brought, the, my only caveat was I want to bring 20 kids with me. So I brought 20 black kids from East London and I said, bring a backpack and just get as much, as much food as you possible in your backpack. <laughs> so I just put these kids on Facebook, filled up their backpacks and then, uh, yeah, the rest of the story goes um, from that. Um, met, uh, do you want me to go into it?
0: uh, Yes. So you met, I'm so freaking fascinated. I love the idea of just saying, let me find high school kids who need some money to start a business, give it to them, forget about the upside in it, but just watch them grow, stick with them and also get insights into who they are, what businesses they're creating. Even if it doesn't pay off, if you're establishing relationships with kids who are going somewhere, how much would you even have to put into this? $5,000, $10,000. And then you get to go speak at different schools as a way of communicating to them. And wow. dude i love your freaking ideas also wait the t-shirt idea let's not bi- bypass that you were selling t-shirts to teachers yeah bro crazy from man. what ari told me yeah yeah it was crazy so basically
1: short story uh my business study teacher mr Rat og legend he basically helped me to get my business my my teachers off the ground show me what profit and loss was all that kind of stuff and and then i started selling with teachers these t-shirts sorry and i basically would get my friends who were in the same year group as me i was like take a half day on a friday to other schools across London and start selling these t-shirts. So they started shooting these t-shirts across London. Um, and then the teachers started buying the t-shirts. They started turning up to class in these in these t-shirts. So it was weird.
0: What was it about the t-shirts? What looked so it good It was
1: about terrible. It the, was horrendous. But it was just like somebody in the school was doing something. At the time, it wasn't ah. like there was no... I would hosted it on Big Cartel. Like like there was no like bigtarcartel.com. I think the website's still live. I can send it to you afterwards. But it was like terrible designs. But people were just like, yo, jelly selling and t-shirts. We'll buy them. They were like 15 pounds. So it
0: was like, yeah, cool. Oh, okay, right on. So then someone in the audience at Facebook hears you and she works for
1: the NFL. So her name was Sarah. She was the head of retail there. And she's like, obviously I've got mad energy. And she's just like, Oh, I hear you've got access to all these young people. I was like, Yeah, I do. And she was like, Oh, um, I'd love for your young people to help us to create a marketing campaign. And I was like, I need to take it for dinner. I need to understand why you, the big, big NFL, is coming to me to ask this question. So I took her for dinner, found out that basically her problem was she couldn't get qualitative insight from Gen Z at scale. So went home that evening, contacted my quote unquote community who's like a hundred kids from schools. And I was just like, yo, the NFL want to pay us money to do this. Are you keen? They were like, yeah. Loads of people replied. They're like, will you pay us? I was like, yeah, I'm down. Um, went home that evening started to build like a rudimentary like version of it. Started on like Google sheets and Google forms. And then yeah, the rest is history.
0: Wow. And so you understood from her that the problem that she had was what? Like, why would she go out of her way to have you create an agency so she could pay for, for their work? Yeah, How did she describe the problem?
1: So the main problem for her was we cannot get qual qualitative insight from Gen Z at scale. So for us, we're doing small focus groups. We're not getting enough diversity in the room, all that kind of stuff. So she's kind of like, we just need to understand what Gen Z think of our marketing. And, and back then I was like, it was super ghetto. So it was like, I ended up having 700 people responding to a brief. I was trying to figure out how to pay all these, but it was like an absolute, just a nightmare. Um, and my first team that I ever hired, poor guys, like, I just burnt all of them out, just trying to get all this stuff done. But um, but yeah, so she really, de- that was her problem. It turned out every brand had the exact same problem since. They were just like, we need to get insight from this community, specifically quote. And the reason why I keep banging on about quote is because quant has been done at scale for years. But getting great quantitative insight at scale just hasn't been done properly. So we just kind of, kind of came okay. in and just did it.
0: And one of the things that uh, you told Ari in the producer call was that Gen Z is more likely than any other generation to have ad blockers up, that they have all these different barriers towards reaching them. So you can't buy a bunch of ads, have them click, give you insight. I still would have thought that the panel approach would have worked with them, doesn't it? So the problem with the panel
1: approach is, is that it's, you're trying to, you're trying to target people that are spend a lot of their time in dark social, so they spend a lot of their time on WhatsApp, so they spend a lot of time in Snapchat DMs, Instagram DMs. So you can't really get the data you want. And if the date, and when you're looking at Gen Z, a lot of their public facing profiles on social media is just like one photo. It's not enough data for you to go off. So panels normally will scan all of these platforms, find the right people and connect with them. And you can't do that if they've not they're not giving you enough data to go on. So um yeah, the community aspect just works so much better.
0: The other issue that she told you that she had was that they were creating two different accounts. So they would have a yeah. public account that was BS and, and the then Finsta. a private account yeah. that was BS to the public, but really insightful for their friends. And so they can't they can't disambiguate the fin the Friendsta or the, the Finsa uh, Finsta, excuse yeah. me, Finsta versus Insta and so on. All right, let me take a moment and talk about my my first sponsor. It's a company called uh, Gusto. One of the first things you're going to find when you go to Gusto is it's just beautiful. In fact, you're going to go to gusto.com slash Mixergy and see very little information, but just the right amount of information. I find the same thing is true for every aspect of my interaction with them. There's not a lot there, but everything is beautifully laid out, and they give me exactly what I need so that when it's time for me to pay, I don't get lost in this whole thing. I just go and hit it. The name of the person I want to pay, I send them the money, and then it's out the door. It looks beautiful. It just works. The second thing you're going to find is that they have a phone number, and in fact, they call you. They let you schedule calls with them and make it easy for you to talk to them. Why is that important? Because if you're taking care of people's salaries, if they're, you're taking care of their benefits, if you're taking care of the most important aspect of their lives because that's what they use your money for, their family, their food, their housing – Well, you need to make sure that there are no problems, and so the Gusto team is there to help navigate you through it. My guests have told me over the last few years that they use Gusto. I switched to Gusto this year, 2022. I think you should too. It's beautiful. It just works. If you want to try it for free, go to gusto.com slash Mixergy. You can now even pay international people on Gusto. They just keep getting better and better and better. Contractors, full-time employees, benefits, salary, whatever it is go to gusto.com mixergy they'll make it easy for you now and easy for you when it's time to pay taxes and time to report out to your people what you what you paid them gusto for free gusto.com mixergy limited time go use them right now okay she told you to do this you go and you create this because you're an entrepreneur the first thing that she she uh, the first client is the NFL then which is freaking amazing.
1: Yeah, man. Absolutely. Want. And that, the thing is, is like kind of, as a the entrepreneurs know, you come into this kind of just fumbling, like, yeah, yeah, yeah we could do this, agreeing to everything and then trying to figure out as you're doing it. And so yes, yeah, so it went from, NFL work went really, really well. So now they're a long-term client of, I working with them over the next three years. Then it went uh, Gymshark, eBay, PepsiCo, Amazon Prime Video, Sky, Red Bull, and-, and How? Stuff. How did you get more customers?
0: I, I understand the panelists, they're kind of in your world We'll talk about how you expanded them. But how did you get more customers?
1: I'm a dog with a bone, Andrew, man. Like, um, I love people. Um, I love asking questions. And I think um, LinkedIn is like my, if anyone goes on my LinkedIn profile, I'm on that thing like crazy. So it's just like constant engagement with people um, and just asking people what they're up to, what they're excited about. Um, And a lot of our clients just came through LinkedIn. I would probably say 95% of our business over the last two years has come through LinkedIn. Um, And then killing it for a client and getting them to refer us to somebody else within the
0: space. You sent me your LinkedIn and you sent me sample posts. So when you say you're on LinkedIn, it's you posting, like here's one from 10 months ago that you sent me. Nike is launching its own sneaker reselling business, announcing today Nike refurbished will take gently worn or slightly imperfect sneakers and refurbish them before selling them in store for a reduced price. And then uh, then you just show the the sneaker, you, sh- you talk a little bit about it, and that's your post and let's see, it's got 63 people to like it, nine to comment. That's the type of post that you were doing, but that's not getting you customers. What else were you doing? So, or, or did that? Did that get you customers? Yeah,
1: so the crazy thing is that one thing I've realized is like, all I need to do is add value. As long as I add value, become a trusted voice in the space. Um, and most people from a Gen Z perspective are doing stuff around influencer. So the fact that we were doing insights was slightly unique. So when I was uh, posting this stuff on social media, so Amazon Prime Video is a perfect example of this. I posted a post, um, something about diversity or something, the head of social media for a reached out to me and was like, Hey, like I saw your posts and on LinkedIn, it says so it says my name says Jay Richards. And then next to it, it says Gen Z insights within 72 hours. So super short. But the moment you see me comment on anything, you see me do anything. That's the first thing you see. So he DM'd me like, what's this Gen Z insights within 72 hours thing. And now I was on prime videos so helping his clap. So do the maths. <laughs>
0: Oh, so they're just seeing your post randomly. They see that you've got insights. The fact that they're so eager for Gen Z insights means that they're going to respond to you and you look trusted. Okay. So you're not, are you, well, I keep assuming things. Let me ask you, are you also doing searches on LinkedIn, reaching out to people with messages, seeing if they'll get on a call with you? You did do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of my stuff is, so, um, I have an email list where basically I'd find every single person within a brand that I want to contact. I, uh, use Hunter.io to get all of their email addresses. And then once a month, every month, they just get email from me adding value. I'm like, yo, this is what's going on in Gen Z space at the moment. Uh, have a wonderful month and I'll see you next month. And I
0: just- I like Wait, this. you can do that? You can take everyone who liked or commented and automatically get their email address? So it wasn't even liked or commented. These are just like, I'm I'm looking at PepsiCo and I'm getting
1: every single person that works in PepsiCo in every single department and I'm getting their email, putting them on a spreadsheet. I'm then okay. I'm then emailing them once a month, just adding value. So I've got like six thousand. Isn't people that spam
0: though? Like you're just adding them to an email list that they didn't ask to get to. I saw your eyes light up. <laughs> so, um, so a
1: lot of people then. So technically, yes, but and um, what we find is that people actually people are getting so much value. I at the end of every email and the start very every much. I put if you don't want to be on this email, just just reply and say unsubscribe. So you get a percentage of people to do that, but most people actually get so much value from it. They're happy just to let the emails keep coming in. Only or maybe months it's months.
0: just too much of a hassle to unsubscribe or they're worried if you hit unsubscribe, yeah. then you indicate. Uh, I like you. I like you a lot. It feels a little bit shady, <laughs> but it's working for you. So you they, you they get on your email list or you put them on the email list. They will then respond back and yeah. say, you know, Jay, maybe we should be talking. Our customers yeah. are a little bit hard for us to understand so yes yeah,
1: so sure so story okay. a lot of folks as i've added value to them six seven eight months in a row they're like like disney did it netflix did it um pepsico did it they were like hey you've emailed us quite a lot we love what you're emailing the team love what you're emailing is there any chance we could just like catch up sometime i'm gonna take my video. <laughs> and when
0: you when you do that, how many people do you have on your list and what's an example of like a, a hot email that you send out that you're especially proud of?
1: So I currently have uh, just around 6,000 and something that did really, really well recently was uh, an email about cancel culture. So like 75. So what I do is I, I, I send a message into our community chat and I'm like, what do you guys think of cancel culture? And then I let them just go crazy in the community chat.
0: Oh, yeah, got it. Yeah, so, so, so something that's in the news or something that's a hot topic, yeah. you send it to your panel. You don't have to pay for it because you've already paid for them to be in the panel, right? Yeah. And now you get all this insight and say, here's what Gen Z is saying about this thing that's in the news. Exactly.
1: So, uh, so I'll, I'll just drop a message into our community chat on our platform. I'll be like, guys, what do you think of cancel culture? I'll get them to do like a quantitative vote. Everybody will vote. And they'll be like, all right, what do you guys think? And I get loads of qualitative responses, which I then take put into this email, this is what Gen Z think of cancel culture, shoot that out with a nice uh, learning from Sam Parr and from Sean <laughs> stealing their, um, stealing their copy wave, wave, uh, writing copy, shoot that out to the to the list. And if people, if people don't find it valuable, they just reply, they're like, yo, get lost. I've had loads of people like Jay, leave me alone, stop sending me emails. I'm like, cool. I will remove you. And um, But I also have loads of people like, hey, this is adding value. Uh, thank you so much. So yeah.
0: What's the connection, Sam Parr and Sean Parry from, uh, uh the hustle, yeah. uh, podcast, what's, what did you learn from them about doing email, right?
1: Um, so they, the way they line up the they do all of that copy. So they, they have a, this thing called like, this is the hook. So the first line where it's being like, um, yeah, engaging them with it. And then there's the curiosity gap and then, and then landing it with like the, the promise and just learning those like simple three things has just like Absolutely changed our business. I le-
0: probably like, learned it like, I don't know, like 12 months ago. It's just been insane. All right. Tell me about that loan that you applied for oh, and stress. kind of received. Yeah, it's the worst
1: thing, man. So basically, um, I had a business account um, that was named under, was under one business. And um, my bank account was linked to this business. Um, and that business, that business with HMRC was going to close. Like every few years, they just close all the businesses that aren't trading. And they were closing and I didn't realize the bank account was linked to that business. So I applied for a loan. This is when I, we were like broke, broke. I applied for a four and a half thousand pound loan, which seems like nothing, but at the time was like gold. Four, wait,
0: 4,500 pounds. We're talking less than 10,000 US <laughs> dollars. Yeah. What, what'd you need the money for? At the time it was actually
1: um to build like a, like a, like a, a very, very poor MVP. So I could test something out. Um, And also to pay a couple of people. So it was literally like for like the basics. But at the time, four and a half. And
0: when you say build something also, it's the MVP was, can you create your own product, get off of Google Sheets and that kind of thing? Am I right? Yeah, exactly right. Okay. All right. Sorry. So then you applied for this loan. Did you get the loan? Uh, Yes, I got the loan.
1: They transferred the money into the account. And then a week later, HMRC closed the business, which then closed the bank account. Um,
0: Okay.
1: I've never never been so livid in my entire life um and i couldn't get the money i contacted i contacted my bank i contacted hmrc and they were just like basically you shouldn't have let the, the, the business close and because you let the wow. business close you've lost the money and at the time i was like i'm able to talk to my wife about it i'm just stressing like crazy how'd your wife stay married to you after that I don't know, bro. She just—I'm—I'm—you know what I mean? Like, I'm a funny guy.
0: You're giving away five hundred dollars here and there to kids who never pay back. You then have a situation where the bank closes one of your businesses just as you're getting the loan that you need in order to pay your people. All right, but here's why I think uh, you're amazing. This happens. You still need the money. You go into salesman mode because Jay Richards is like a natural salesperson. And what do you do? I start selling like crazy, bro. Like every two. <laughs> to everybody. So basically there was what a- do you mean? Tell me like when you have to go and sell, now you can't do content marketing, wait for somebody to see the bio, yeah, yeah. hit the reply, ask you for blah, blah, blah. When you have to go into proactive, got to make it work. Tell me what you did. So any so at the time it was um there was a company
1: called Victus. Uh, so they were like a yeah. there was a startup um, so basically I just went to anybody who was anybody And I just, I just sold them. I sold them on the gym, sold them what we could do. And I said, Hey, if you can pay me now, I know we're not delivering the work yet, but if you can pay me now, we will deliver the work and deliver the work at a later stage. And I managed to get people to pay ahead of time. So yeah.
0: your mic is off. Sorry, I hit the mic by accident. So. Did you also get new business, or was it just getting people to prepay?
1: So it was these are all like new business people. So I landed them, but it was hey, I need you to pay earlier. So I need you to pay before I do the work. And actually, now all of our clients pay before we do the work, um, because we have a subscription model now. So you pay for a certain number of briefs to the year. But at the time, there wasn't a subscription model because so there, was no there wasn't real, there wasn't that there. Um, so yeah, we got them to pay at the time, and it was it was a miracle. But we but we got through. I'm still here. All
0: right. I'll tell you and everyone who's listening to me, if you need to hire developers, I urge you to go not just to Lemon.io, but to Lemon.io slash Mixergy. First of all, you're going to love it because they've got such freaking personality. If you're a copywriter, if you love good salesmanship... Their copy is so good, and it's just so subtly good. Look at their homepage and then go over to Lemon.io slash MixerJ, and you're going to see that you can get a 24-hour miraculous match guarantee. That means that they will find you developers that you will feel are so freaking amazing it will be like a miracle. Instead of paying forty five eighty dollars, uh, sorry, instead of paying sixty dollars ninety five dollars an hour, you're gonna pay forty five eighty dollars an hour. Meaning they have not dirt cheap uh, prices because they don't have dirt cheap developers, but it's gonna be less expensive than you would find otherwise because they're sourcing them from places where. Um, salaries are lower. Eastern Europe is very good for finding developers at a good price. The problem is how are you going to find them? Well, the Lemon I O team is a great way to go find them. Let them find your developers for you. If you like them, you can hire them. If you're not happy with them, just go on about your business. They guarantee their work. Go to lemon.io slash MixerD to see exactly what I mean. And if you use that URL, the one that I keep saying over and over, I say it because I get credit. And yes, I will get credit. But more importantly for you, you're going to get a discount on uh, the initial um, engagement with them. Go to lemon.io slash Mixergy. Even if you're not ready to hire from them, just go look at them so you understand your options. Refer them to your friends. And then frankly, whenever you're ready to hire, just add them in the mix. Say, you know what? Yeah, we're going to do the usual thing. Yes, we're going to do the thing that we've already been doing. But let's also talk to lemon.io slash Mixergy and see what they could do for us. If you're not happy, you don't have to sign up. You don't have to pay. If you're happy you're going to be blown away and you're going to be one of the people who's on their site giving them um, great reviews. Lemon.io slash Mixergy. Jay, I want to talk to you about the 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 thing that you developed internally. We keep talking about the experience. What does it look like for a panelist? What do they see? Is it like Slack? Is it like Discord? Yeah, so they log onto a dashboard and
1: on the dashboard they'll have all of the different clients that we have briefs live right now. So they will come on there, they'll see those. And then the chat side of things where they can just jump into that um, and just communicate with the rest of the community and just talk about whatever the, whatever the heck they're talking about on that day. And we have community uh, moderators. So in there, uh, pretty much 24 hours a day, and they just constantly trying to get conversation started if it starts to lull. Um, but really it's, it's super simple. Cause when we were building it, it was kind of like, we asked them, we have all these Gen Z's who so are like, what do you want us to build? And they were like, firstly, we just want it to be easy to engage with. So we just made it super, super simple. So it's literally just the briefs so you can get paid and then the uh, the chat functions so they can engage with other community members. And then after they complete a brief, they get like a short paragraph that they're allowed to put on their CVs or whatever, just so it can sh- they can show uh, like a new employer or whatever. This is the web for, for Prime Video. Um, and it's got, make sure it's got nothing that's like, uh, uh like illegal or whatever. I can't think of the phrase right
0: now, but nothing in there that's um the, the client tape. You're on mute. The brief essentially is, The kinds of questions that any panelist would be asked even by your competitors, right? It's the questions that the brand is trying to find out, and it's one-on-one. The person has to fill out their own brief. Actually, yeah, and then it goes back to your client. At the end of it, they get something they could put on LinkedIn that says that they provided insight to this major brand, which I could see is helpful, maybe even – in some cases, as helpful as the money. And then finally, you bring them back into the chat where after they do the brief, they could talk to other people who did the brief too. Yeah. Yeah. So they just. And it's only for people who did the brief. Like they can't jump in before they fill out the brief if they're not participants, right? So nothing sways them. Yeah.
1: So you have the. So there's there's one side of the chat that's constantly flowing, it's always talking. And then we have certain silos. So once they've completed the brief, it'll be like, okay, you completed the brief for Amazon Prime Video. And then they get added into a certain part of the chat where they can talk afterwards after completing the brief. Yeah.
0: And then, how much did it cost you to get this thing built?
1: Um, I'm a son of immigrants, man, so I could do anything the budget. So, um, I, we built it for £30,000, um, which is, yeah, I remember meeting with investors. They're like, you'll easily need 200K to, to build this. And I was like, cool. Um, so, yeah, we built it for, we raised £30,000 in like, I don't know, like uh, the beginning of 2020, used that to build a platform. Uh, and then, yeah, we just, the thing is what they called our MVP was really, I had everything in it that we needed for the community.
0: So I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> you told Ari about the challenge of raising money for you. What was it? Yeah.
1: Um, so like the, the, the simple story, I just, I just don't know any rich guys, and so when it came to raising investment, it was kind of just like, it wasn't my space. I'm a salesman. Um, I, I've obviously started startups or well, they wouldn't even start. I started businesses growing up, um, at university and whatever. Um, but I just didn't know any people like that. So it was pretty much through introductions or randomly meeting people in cafes. That would happen. I was lit- honest to God, I was sat in a cafe. I was on the tech Crunch website and the guy next to me said, like, oh, you're into tech. He's like, we should catch up and grab a coffee sometime. Quarter coffee. Turns out he knew an investor and they were our first investors into our, into our business.
0: What type of investors did you get? Um, so two of
1: them, uh, check and map the, uh, uh their VCs, but they didn't um, did invest by this. They just invested personally. They then linked us in with two other uh, lovely investors who invested in our first round. And um, once we did that, then um, I had a I had a, a good friend of mine. He's a um, a Grammy nominated artist, and um, he. Um, had a friend. So after Black Lives Matter, I'm not going to lie, Black Lives Matter for Black people from a, from a for, for, for me, I can't speak about being entire race, but black, black Lives Matter for me was wonderful because a lot of well-meaning white people came out and were like, hey, I really suddenly signed that I want to invest in Black businesses. And I was like, wonderful, let me take your money. Um, and uh, there was a well-meaning gentleman. He's a lovely guy. And he became our investor in our next round. He then brought in our next investor because as you know, investors know investors. So yeah, it was great.
0: Huh. And then you mentioned that you're a um, that you're an immigrant. Where'd you grow up and where's your family from? So no,
1: so my parents are immigrants. So I was born in born and raised in London. But um my okay. mum is Jamaican and my dad is Australian, Aboriginal, and German. Um so yeah, they came to the country. So I have just seen them graft. So when people talk about working hard, I'm like, you should see like that's that's real. What do you mean? What did your parents do? So I'm number five out of six kids. So massive family um, and, and, and two parents. So it was constantly noise. It was like warfare in my house. But um, it was amazing. So my parents, like my mom worked multiple jobs, started her own careers business. My dad worked uh, for the NHS. And if anybody knows what it's like working for the NHS, it's, it's, it's a scam. Um, what it can be.
0: And um what do you mean? I, I would have thought that it's a bureaucracy. This is the national health service in the u s. Yes, yeah, so
1: the National Health Service, it's they you work unbelievable hours for not very great pay. Um and you kind of want you in, you can't leave because it's like yeah, it's just it's just it's just a very interesting institution that I, I won't go into. But um but yeah, so my dad worked for the NHS for thirty-five years. Um, and my mum was just uh, working as a careers guidance person, started her own business and just so I've constantly seen them. Yeah, it's just, it was, it was an interesting
0: childhood. Your brother started a business and then you decided, you know what, I'm not going to go all in and be an entrepreneur. Why not? I mean, I would think that if your if your mom's entrepreneurial, if your dad's like a hustler who's working hard and your brother goes into it, that you would say, all right, me
1: too. Yeah, I've, I've watched like family members, not just my brother, I've watched family members like start things and fail like catastrophically. Um, So I think watching that, I was like, okay, let me go get a full-time job. Let me get some stuff under my belt. Let me do a few years in sales. Um, and I knew one day I would, but I didn't know what it would be. I tried so many things. Like I tried to sell somebody's house for them. Like just past day, I just like met this old dude. He was like, I want to sell my house. I was like, I'll sell it for you. I was like, if I can get £90,000 for it, I'll give you 18 and keep the tent Didn't even know if it was league, but I thought, you yeah. know, so I just handed out flyers yep. around this other area, like rubbish like that. Um, so I've watched a lot of family members fail with their businesses. Um, not because they it's wrong timing or whatever it may be. Um, so I just had to keep trying, but I wanted to keep trying from a place of security. Um, so I don't have the, the, the benefit of just going, oh, it failed. Then we just got off the money. So it was kind of like, let me just try and try these things. Let me get a mortgage while I put a full-time job, all that kind of stuff. Did all of that. And then once I I found the right business, then it's gang-out.
0: What's an example of a failure that you saw that was painful?
1: Um, I had family members that tried to stop drop shipping businesses. Um, and and mm-hmm. um, put a lot of money into dropshipping businesses, like uh, a lot of money for um, for for, yeah. for them. So over, like over that twenty k, and they sunk it into it, and then it failed within like six months. And it was like, Ooh. yeah, it was like, can't get mortgages, can't do this, can't do that, and yeah, it was tough.
0: Yeah, I don't think we talk enough about those problems with entrepreneurship. Yeah. I think for me it it added fuel like everything had to succeed or yeah. else I could fail as bad as I've heard. But I I think we we send people into this entrepreneurship full time all in without letting them know, here's the danger. This is really bad. Yeah. Um and and it's fine. It could, it could be a driving force the way it was for me, or it could be something that you use to get you to mitigate your downside, which is what happened for you, but we should at least be aware of yeah. that. Um, all right. So let's draw some insights now. So if somebody sees what you're doing here right now, what, what can they do with it in the future? Do you see other areas that your model could be applied to? I think for us, firstly, it's different demographic verticals. Like, as
1: I said, earlier, going go after the different generations. Definitely. Um, I think there's a, there's definitely a, a need for this with regards to, um, with regards to understanding, like, so for, with, with entrepreneurs would be a great one. So the idea of like, Hey, um, going to actual entrepreneurs, people that have started things and crowdsourcing info insight from them at scale, I think there's 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 hundreds of millions of entrepreneurs around the world at different various very different levels, and I think if you could scale, if you could gain insight, sorry, from them, and um, you could mitigate a whole bunch of risk. So imagine if you went to a, I don't know, a hundred entrepreneurs and asked them about their e-commerce dropshipping business that they built and get the nitty gritty, quote insight, you can then just miss those pit holes and then go up those potholes, sorry, and then go up to those um go up to like other, the
0: other the big ways. Wait, are you saying get insight? Are you saying Before doing something, instead of winging it or gut feeling it, just look for insights. And even if that doesn't mean coming in to imagine that it means going somewhere, but get those insights first and that will help shape what you do. Okay. That's a good point. Um, By the way, we didn't talk about where you get Gen Z uh, panelists. We talked about how difficult it was for the NFL and others to do it. What do you do to bring people in beyond the referral fee that you mentioned? Well, firstly, we pay 10 times as much as our competitors. Like if you pay people well, they're they're gonna come in. But then what
1: um, what we realized was when we looked at our data, every time a community member completed a brief, they would invite two to five people into the community. So we realized the more briefs you get people completing, the more referrals they're gonna make. So then we implemented the referral process and so on and so on. But it was really just once we saw that data, I was like, all right, cool, let's just let's just get people completing more briefs. Even if personally as a business, say if we were having a, a quiet month, I'd be like, all right, let's just do briefs ourselves about the business, about what we wanna build or whatever, whatever, and just get people completing because then they were referring people in.
0: Ah, got it. Okay. And then if you need to go outside of your current group and you need to bring in more people, you're buying ads, I'm assuming? No, nah, not at all.
1: So um, we have uh, community members, no, team internally, sorry, that they go on like Reddit, network, Discord, any kind of platform you can imagine where um, people are talking about niche, interesting things. They just go in there and engage in conversation. They're like, uh, hey, you guys, you're talking about uh, World War Z, or you're talking about like World of Warcraft. Would you want to get paid to provide your insights to these brands? And people are like, Yeah, cool, let's do it. And um, so it's just
0: engaging them in those those odd spaces really. Individuals or as comments on the comments in Reddit? Yeah, so
1: they'll go on, they'll 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 see the comments and they'll just be engaging in the conversation, just super just like nonchalant, not trying to make a big deal out of it. And then people are just yeah, yeah they see it and they're just like, Yeah, this is cool. Let's like let's engage. And then what happens is when you get somebody like that that really loves it, they then go and preach back into those channels. Because like, yo, I've got paid, it's uh-huh. not a scam. Because one thing we've had to really get over is people think we're a scam. People that come in, like, if you Google Imagine Insights, like, one of the next things come up is scam, question mark. So we've had to really make sure we've got I would have actually
0: assumed things. it too. Before I did these yeah. interviews, I totally assumed it was all a scam. Yeah. Fill out these forms, get money. By the way, I, did, I didn't I did Google you uh, right now to look for scams. But I did look at your site, and I saw that you link to a non-disclosure form on the bottom of your homepage. Like, who needs a non-disclosure form so handy that they have to put it on their homepage?
1: Um, it's really actually for um for the community just so they can have easy access to the NDA so they can read over it. They will sign the NDA on the platform, so they sign an NDA directly onto the platform. But um, we have it on the website just so it's easy for everybody. And it's super transparent. I'm not hiding anything, it's really, really transparent about what we do and how we do it. So we want them to give you the next it. <laughs>
0: Got it. So, that if they ever have any questions about what's the NDA that they have to sign, what's the form, they go to the homepage. Yeah. They always see it there. All right. Finally, Jay, let's close it out with this. Where do you see this business going? Like, ideally, how big do you think it could get? Where do you, what do you think it could do in the future? Yeah,
1: great. Good question. Um, I think for me in this vertical, I think we can get the business to 10 million in revenue over the next few years. Um, and then just starting all the verticals I mentioned. Going after the boomers, going after the Gen X, going after the millennials, doing all the same and having that all under one group, So having all the demographics under one group using the exact same technology, the exact same methodology and and, and putting it across um, and really getting it out there I think yeah, and then sell
0: this bad boy and go and chill with you the rest of my life in Austin. You look like a really chill guy. Like if in every photo that I've seen of you, actually, you know what it is? I think you're really good at picking the right photos to use to represent yourself I couldn't tell whether you were black or white. I couldn't tell whether you're going to be super conservative or hangout guy. I could almost like superimpose on you whatever I felt like seeing at the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that
1: wasn't, I, I didn't try it, to do that because it happened.
0: I think your social media game is really good. Like, even the fact that you've got that big. Um, Top image on your LinkedIn that says Brutally Honest Gen Z Insights. I think when you and I talked, you said our tagline is brutally honest. I go, I, I totally get it. Like you're really good at nailing these little moments that will capture a big message in a short amount of time, in a photo, in a screenshot, in a tagline, in a in a in a post, in an email, frankly, to me. Uh, all right, I'm glad that we, you and I got to meet. Uh, and now that I'm in Austin, when you come to South by Southwest, I'll get to see you in person. Yeah, I'm speaking. How great is that? That's wait. one of the benefits of being here. Yeah, I'm speaking there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, we'll catch up. Are you gonna do like a drinks or something? You're organizing some friends. You should put together something. Oh, dude,
1: I'm down. Like I'm, I'm trying to, I'm just networking like crazy before I get there. So I'm definitely gonna uh, make it happen. Just one th- more, one more thing before we finish. I just wanted to, say, I know, yeah. um, <laughs> people like when you listen to podcasts, it's easy to get things mixed up. So the two things from a sales perspective that I think can really kill for people is, is LinkedIn. And then the email stuff, and um, but on the email stuff, it's not like spammy GDPR non-compliant stuff. Just to just to verify in case anybody tries to vilify me, income. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, believe me, I, I feel like uh, email now has gotten so much more open. I get email all the time because I do this podcast, from and it's such douchebag emails. Yeah. I, it's the worst. Like, how how does this even? All right. Jay, thank you so much for doing this. I know your email is not that. Um, I just want to say that it, it's it's much more open than it used to be. Email is, and I'm I'm shocked by that. It's it's imagine insights. Imagine is spelled I M A G E N. I don't know why I'm spelling it. It's in the title, or it's in the it's in the uh, post. What I should be saying is thank you to my sponsors. If you need to pay people, contractors, employees, go handle it domestic, international, go handle it properly by going to gusto.com slash Mixergy. They'll let you use it for free. If you use that URL, gusto.com slash Mixergy. And when you're hiring developers, if your friends are hiring developers, you really need to check out lemon.io slash Mixergy. And frankly, don't take my word for it. Go on Twitter and say, Hey, anyone use lemon.io? Wait till you see the responses that you get. Lemon.io slash Mixergy. Thank you for sponsoring Jay. Thanks for being on here. Bye. Bye. All right. Keep the thing up. uh, after we hang up, just don't